0: Amen. That is, I know there's a, a lot of saints in here today that will second that from Randy. What a blessing we have in Christ and Him alone. Let's uh, let's pray, Heavenly Father. We just thank you that. You are our rock. You are our foundation. And without you, we could do nothing and be nothing. And we thank you, Lord, that we realize that. And if there's any here today that don't have their, their feet on that rock, Lord, that today they will see that that rock is the only rock. That on Christ alone they can put their trust. And that you can give them a new life. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to uh, Daniel, please. Daniel chapter 3. This is, uh, I hope, a, a blessing and encouragement to us as the family of God. It's been a a blessing to me and encouragement to me. And, you know, I thought about it, and it's been on my heart for a while how hard it is. And people in the world even understand how difficult life is. Life is hard. And there's many quotes that have been made about life and how hard it is. And, you know, parents... You know, there's people who are parents in here, they'll tell us how hard life is. How hard it is to raise a family. And we'll have even newlyweds that maybe even had the thought of how wonderful it is when they look in the eyes of the other person and kind of be Google-eyed a little bit. And then they get married and life gets a little hard because of The things that we have to do, the challenges, the obligations that we have. And children even say that about their parents. They kind of think in their hearts and minds they have a hard life at times. They do. They think, why do I have to listen? This is really hard. I don't like cleaning up. I don't like washing. I don't like doing these things. And they think it's hard. Don't you, young people? (laughs) And, of course, we have broken families, and, of course, that's hard. Broken marriages, that's hard. Life is hard. I read a few quotes. Even important people will tell you that life is hard. and You think that riches will give you a little bit of a satisfaction, and that can happen, but it's still hard for even the rich. John Wayne said, life is hard, and it's harder if you're stupid. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Catherine Hepburn said, life is hard and after all, it kills you. David Gerald, I'm not sure who he is, but he's supposed to be famous. Life is hard. Then you die. Then they throw dirt on your face. Then the worms eat you. Be grateful. It happens in that order. <laughs> so I... Life is hard, and I think that they realize that. I remember Sylvia saying years ago to me that it's difficult that the Christian walk is actually a difficult walk. And she said that to me, and I had a pretty good life. It was difficult in some instances, but wasn't that bad. And I found out years later that what she said has come true, and it has gotten very difficult And praise God that life has become hard and the glory of God is more revealed in my heart, in my life. But it is hard, and I think one of the hardest walks in lives really is the Christian life. I could be wrong, but I truly believe that that the hardest life is a faithful Christian walking in fellowship with our Lord Jesus Christ And sacrificing and denying the flesh and all of its desires and putting up with this world and being separated and living a life that's truly faithful is a hard life to live, but it is the most glorious life to live. And as we read this passage, I think we should be encouraged because these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are good examples it's a long chapter, so let's, I'll try to read it quickly. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and it's width six cubits. He set it upon a plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And then going down to verse 3, it says, then the satraps, the prefect, prefects, and the governor's The counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces were assembled for the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, To you the command is given, O peoples, nations, and men of every language, that at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, the psaltery, the bagpipe, and all kinds of music, you are to fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship shall immediately be cast into the midst of a furnace of blazing fire. And we see that all the peoples heard the sound of the horn. And all the people reacted. It says that they fell down and they worshipped. They responded to that call. That law. But verse 8 says, For this reason, at the time certain Chaldeans came forward and brought charges against the Jews. They responded and said... To Nebuchadnezzar, the king, O king, live forever. You yourself, O king, have made a decree that every man who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, or the lyre, trigon, psaltery, and bagpipe, and all kinds of music is to fall down and worship the golden image. Now, they go on to say, but whosoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And there were certain Jews whom you have appointed over the administration of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. These men, O king, have disregarded you. They do not serve your gods or worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and anger, gave orders to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I have set up? Now, if you are ready, at the moment you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the trigon, psaltery, bagpipe, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made very well, but if you will not Worship, You will immediately be cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. And what God is there who can deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, O king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to give you an answer concerning this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king." But even if he does not, let it be known to you, O king, that we are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Bold men. Then Nebuchadnezzar was filled with wrath and his facial expression was altered. I don't know what that means, but he probably had a snarl or something. And he answered by giving orders to heat the furnace seven times more than it usually is heated. And he commanded certain uh, valiant warriors who were in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in order to cast them into the furnace of blazing fire. Then these men were tied up in their trousers, their coats, their caps, and all their clothes and were cast into the midst of the furnace of blazing fire. For this reason, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace had been made extremely hot, the flame of the fire slew those men who carried up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell into the midst of the furnace, of blazing fire still tied up. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded and stood up in haste, and he responded and said to those high officials, Was it not three men we cast into the midst of the fire? They answered, oh, and said to the king, certainly, O king. He answered and said, look, I see four men loosed, walking about in the midst of the fire without harm. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of God. Or the son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace, a blazing fire. He responded and said, Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego, come out, you servants of the Most High God, and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the king's high officials gathered around and saw in regard to these men that the fire had no effect on the bodies of these men, nor was there any hair on their heads singed nor were their trousers damaged, nor had the smell of fire even come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants, who put their trust in him, violating the king's command and yielded up their bodies so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or tongue that speaks anything offensive against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses reduced to rubble, rubbish heap. Inasmuch as there is no other God who is able to deliver in this way, then the king caused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to prosper in the province of Babylon. Long passage. Long, but I had to read it because it is so incredible to read the story. And we have to read the story and understand what happened. It is a long story as far as the Scripture is concerned, as far as verses. But it is unbelievable, the story of these three men. These three men who took a stand, who drew a line in the ground and said, we will not cross over that line. We will not bow down. And listen, it says certain Jews in verse 12. That means not all the Jews. That means certain Jews. A few good men, a few good women said, No, I will not deny my God. I will not fall down and worship idols. And look at the story of these men. You go back into chapter 1 and you understand that these men came from a place... That was really difficult. They were slaves. They were captured. They were taken from their home. And they were placed in a land and told that you were going to serve a new king. They were Jews. They had their God. They loved their God. They worshipped their God. They fell down at their God, the only true God. And they worshipped Him. They loved Him. They adored Him. And then they were taken And they were taken to a new land. And they were said, this is where you live now. This is what you do now. This is the program now. It's changed. You can't worship the way you used to worship. You can't do the things you used to do. You can't live the way you used to live. It's done. And these men stood up at that time. Because if you go to verse 8 of chapter 1, when they were told to eat The king's food and drink his wine. It says, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food. Choice food from who? The king. He had his choice food, and Daniel made a decision: I will not eat this food or drink this wine that has been defiled. I will not eat the food of this land and do the things of this land. I have made a decision. And it says the three of them were with him, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They made a decision back then not to deny their God. And I'm going to say something that's real important about this, because we have to understand something about making a decision, making a decision to stand firm for our Christ, being faithful. Why were they so faithful? I want you to think about the question. Why? I think you see it right here. And Ada was real happy, probably, because it says in verse 11, but Daniel said to the overseer and the commander of the officials and pointed over Daniel, he said, please test your servants ten days and let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. The choice meat of that land, they said, no, we don't want that. We want vegetables and water. Broccoli. And Water. And in duress, he said, Okay, you can have it. Ten days. And at the end of ten days, it says their appearance seemed better than the twelve, better, and they were fatter than all the youths who had been eating the King's Choice food. What did they eat? They ate vegetables. There's more than that, guys. They put Christ first. They separated themselves. And I think that that is one of the things that as Christians, we need to really get in our heads and really understand that these men made a decision to give their lives to Christ and to stand firm for Christ. But it didn't just happen. They cultivated their taste. They chose to be separated. They chose to eat the word of God. They chose to eat the fellowship of the the believers. They chose to spend time with Christ. They chose to live on their knees. They chose to eat what? Not the choice food of this world. And we need to really get that. Because I think what happens is, you listen to what they said. They actually mentioned that they asked them, when you hear this music, bow down. What music? Their music. They had a tune. They had a melody. Are we paying attention to the melodies we're listening to? Are we separated, honestly? Are we? Are we separated? Are we listening to God and following his word and his truth? Are we doing the things that God has called us to do? Are we allowing our kids to be separated? Are we separating our kids? What life do we really want? What do we listen to? What do we watch? There's something about that, that these men understood. These men understood that in order for us to walk the walk that we're called to walk, we need to live the life that we're called to live. We're needing to separate ourselves from sin. We are needing to separate ourselves from this life, this world. And that's how they withstood this the seductions of the king and his image and if we read Daniel 3:10 we see that it says every man who hears the sound of the horn is to fall down and worship but whoever does not fall down and worship is going to what is going to die they said i'm not going to worry about dying They said, I'm not going to be worried or concerned about that. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, do not be bound together with unbelievers for what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness and what fellowship has light with darkness. We need to really get it that God says in His Word clearly that we need to not partner with unrighteousness. If we're looking to really walk the walk that God has called us to walk, and have the faith of these Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to have that kind of faith, then we need to pay the price to have that faith. We need to deny ourselves. We need to choose to be separate. Separate ourselves from all unworthiness and unrighteousness. What about how are we doing in that area? What about our children in that area? Are are children separated? Or do we let them blend in with the world and think something miraculous is going to happen when they become of age? Don't we understand that light and darkness don't fit? Don't we get it? That Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made a, a decision. Choice food of the world? No. Give me the vegetables. Give me the water. Give me the Word of God. Give me the fellowship of the Christians and believers. Give me time with my Lord. Do not let me get my kids hooked on the world and what it offers. Now, we like American Idol, some of us, but that's America's idol. It's not our idol. And we can get into that, and that's fine, as long as it's put in the right perspective. But we need to be clear that there's one thing happening here. That God has called us to live lives of separation. If we truly want to be blessed, if we truly want to have God's anointed power in our lives, we need to live a life that's separated from the world. Now, we talked about hard work. The Christian walk is hard. Isn't it hard to separate ourselves? Isn't it hard? It's actually hard work to say to our kids, no, you can't watch that. And to keep telling them that, because they keep coming to us and saying, no, I want to watch that. No, you can't play that game. No, I I want to play that game, Mom. And they beat us over the head, over and over and over, and they hit us. And we say, okay, I'll give in. Go ahead. Play the game. Look at the show. Do the thing. Have that friend. No problem. Go down the street and and, and have fellowship with, with darkness. And we think something miraculous is going to happen, and they're going to turn out right. The Bible says clearly. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but instead even expose them. For it is disgraceful even to speak of the things which are done by them in secret. He says, separate from them. Then I will give you a life of power and victory. Separate from them and then you will have a life that I will be able to use you. Now, these men clearly made a decision. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did something that was very unbelievable and uncharacteristic of most of us except those who truly are walking that serious walk with Christ. They said in verse 16, Do not, you don't need to give a, we don't need to give you an answer concerning this. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to live, deliver us from the furnace of the blazing fire, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. They believed that God would deliver them. They knew that he was going to deliver them. They knew that he was going to come through. They weren't worried. And you know, they could have had excuses. There's many excuses they could have had. They could have said... It's perfectly useless to resist. And resist the king? Look at all my friends. Look at all the other people. They're falling down and worshiping. They could have bowed down and said, no. It's useless. I'm going to bow down. They could have said this, we're in a strange land. How are we supposed to fight against him? We're in a strange land and I don't, we don't know where to go. They could have also said that, we might throw away our chances because they were put in a high position. If you read in the chapter before in chapter 1, they were put in a high position. And then they could have said something that we tend to say at times, everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is doing it. The question I want to ask everybody sincerely is what kind of life do we really want? With the Lord. Do we want a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego type of faith? I want that kind of faith. Some of you aren't really hearing me this morning. You're not. Because maybe you don't want that type of faith. I want you to ask in your heart is that the kind of faith that God wants you to have? Don't we see clearly that's the kind of faith that God wants you to have? Because that's the only kind of faith that will get the result that they received. When they came out of the fire, they had all these authorities and all these men around, and all of a sudden this same king who said that they were going to die and that he couldn't stand them and that his face grimaced with hatred towards them, fell down and worshipped their king and bowed before their king. Why? Because these men said no. These men said we don't even care what happens to us. If we even die, we will not forsake our God. That's the kind of faith that God is calling from each one of us. The kind of faith that says, I don't care what I have to go through. There are men and women in here right now that are in a furnace that's so deep, that's so hot. That is unbelievable and unbearable. And there's a couple reasons we're in a fire. One, we made a stand. We made a stand. We took a stand. And we said, No, I will not forsake my God no matter what. And we're in a fire because of that. And just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Jesus is walking around with us. Those who are made that stand. And you know, there's one thing interesting about this verse. There's a verse that says that they fell down. But then it says that they were walking with him. We can fall down in the fire, can't we, and not even get up. They didn't fall down. They got up because they knew that the hand of Jesus was with them. Now, there's another reason we can be in the fire. And that's because our lives are not right. And God is saying, stop. I'm putting you in the fire. You're a Christian and you're saved, but I need you to come back to me. And he puts us in the fire. And there's a verse in Romans. Romans 6. 12, and it says, therefore, do not let sin. Reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. God is calling us to truly do something a little different with our lives. And if we go to Psalms 34, we talk about, we were talking about, of course, those who have been, who are in the fire and those that have been affected by the fire and those that are faithful in spite of the fire. And verse 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Anybody here who's walking with the Lord clearly, faithfully. I want to encourage you today. The Lord delivers you and will deliver you from all. And verse 15 says the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. And the face of the Lord is against evildoers." But verse 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. It should be a very encouraging word for those Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that are in the fire because of being faithful to our Lord and suffering and going through a lot of pain because it is painful. It is hard work to live a faithful life. And there are saints that bleed for those in this congregation, there are men and women who are so faithful that they they live on their knees. Because of the love of the family of God. And it says that God will deliver them. God will be just like with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He will hold their hand through the fire and he will take them through the fire and they will not be singed or not feel anything. And He will take those faithful servants, faithful servants who have died to themselves. And are living for Christ. I want to encourage you this morning, those that are, that are living that kind of life, to press on, to hang in there, to stay on your knees and know that our God is a faithful God. It says that He will redeem. He will redeem his, his servants. He can't not redeem them. He will build you up. He will take you through the fire. And He will encourage you. And then there's a third group that could be in a fire. And that group could be those that aren't even saved, don't even know the Lord. You don't even have a relationship with the Lord. And he tells you today that I can take you out of the fire that you're in. Because this world doesn't offer a solution to your problems. This world will not alleviate the fire. One of my favorite verses is in Isaiah 43. You don't have to go there. It says, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. Or by name, you are mine, it says. You are mine. Praise God when we know him and our lives are in his hands that we are his. He says, do not fear if you're in the fire. Do not fear if you're going through a great trial and tribulation in your life. Do not fear because you are mine. And it says, I have called you by name. You are mine. I've called you by your name. I know your name. And just like when I held the hands of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. I hold your hand as you walk through the fire because you're mine. And then he goes on to say when you pass through the waters I'll be with you. I'll be with you. Through the rivers they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire you will not be scorched. And those who don't know him he says I can I can make you mine. You can be mine today. You want to be mine? All you have to do is just come to me and say, I don't want this life of fire anymore. I am tired of being singed by this world. I'm tired of the pain and suffering. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm lonely. I need hope. I need peace. I don't have it. I'm in a fire. And I don't see Jesus with me. I don't see any hope. I'm not standing up walking around in the fire. I'm burnt. I'm feeling burnt. I'm hurting. And he says, come to me. Come to me. And I will give you rest. Praise God that he offers that kind of invitation to those that are in the fire that don't know him. Just like he offered his... Relationship, his his help for those who are in the fire that love him, and he offers the same help for those who who love him and have been born again, but our lives are not right. He offers help to them too. He says, "Come back to me." He says, "Come back to me. Let me restore this relationship that we had." He said, "The key is: is there sin in your life? Is there sin?" Is there something there that's stopping our relationship that's causing you not to have that fire for me, that love for me? He says, I want to use you just like I used Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I used them in a mighty way, and he wants to use us in a mighty way. We should be really convicted by the message, the words of God, not by me, but the word of God that says these men made a difference in their lives and people's lives. And they only made the difference because they they gave themselves up for Christ. They denied themselves. They took the hard road, not the easy road. The hard road, it really takes work, it takes suffering, it takes pain, it takes sleepless nights, it takes denying our flesh and beating our flesh and saying it's not worthy. For me to live as I'd like to live. It's for you, Christ. I want to live for you. I want to touch lives. I want to be used by you. That's a hard life to choose. And don't think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made an easy decision that day. It was easy for them because they lived lives of purity and faithfulness. But it was hard to say, let me give up everything. Because it says they were willing to give up everything. They were an authority there. They had been given and promoted to a place of authority in that kingdom. Even though they were slaves, they were like Jews that were put in a better position than the other Jews. They were on a pedestal. The king looked down, he gave them whatever they wanted. But they said, no, 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 no. They had a determination that no. They wanted to serve their Christ and their Lord. And their master. And they would give up the luxury of this world to do that. God is calling us to do that. And it is not easy. I want you to understand. The reason it doesn't happen very often is because it's not easy, is it? It is not easy. But it is the most glorious choice and walk any Christian can ever make. Is to say no to me and yes to Jesus. In every area of our lives. And to say, I will give up all my goals and aspirations to live the life that God wants me to live. And then he will have the effect in my life that he wants to have. Are we willing to say that this morning? Not because I said anything. Because it has nothing to do with me. It is the word of God. And and believe me, God wants to use each one of us in a mighty way. Much more than we can ever imagine. Much more than we can ever imagine. But it takes saying to ourselves and our lives, no, I will not live the life I want to live. I will live a life sold out for Christ. No, I will not do the things I want to do and watch the things I want to watch and listen to the things I want to listen to and allow my kids to go to the places they want to go to and let them do the things they want to do and not separate them and not do anything and not plant the seed in their lives and then I'm going to expect something miraculous to come out of that when my investment was so poor. God says, no, I want you to invest it all for me. I paid it all. I gave it all. I need it all. I need Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're needed. They're hearts that are crying. They're needed. Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to do that? Hard work. But look at the reward. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The king looked at them and said to them, Your God is actually the real God. Wow, I was wrong. I'll bow down to him. All the officials looked. And what Jews were there that says, thank God they stood up. Thank God they gave their lives. Now I'm encouraged. How many believers are watching you and me and seeing the kind of lives we're living and not impressed? Not impressed at all. How many people do we work with that are not impressed? How many people around us that are not impressed? How many people can we impress if we say, I'm going to take the, the hard road for Jesus. I'm going to choose to give my life totally for him. Now, I don't need a, a story to end the message. I think this story about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego tells it all. And I don't think I delivered it half as well as it should be delivered because the story stands on its own. Three men saying, Christ. Only three men that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Three men who says, it doesn't matter if I have to lose my life for Christ, I'll give it up. Amen. Three men who says, no matter what it takes, no matter what my life brings, I don't care. I will die for my savior. Three men who says, I'll go in the fire because I know my God will be with me in the flames. Three men who had a different kind of faith. Three men who changed the world. Because they made a decision to take the hard choice. I don't need a story, an illustration to make that clear, I hope. Because I think it's clear. The message should be clear. But I want you to understand something that's very important. 1 Corinthians. Paul wrote something that's very, I think, critical for us to understand. About Israel's history. And why? The Lord gives us that example in the scriptures. He says, for I do not want you. You don't have to go there. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. It says, for I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were under the cloud and that they passed through the sea. They were all baptized in the Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them. And that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. God was not pleased with most of them. What do you mean, Lord? What do you mean God was not pleased with most of them? Because most of them said, I don't want to take the choice. I will not work hard for you, Jesus. I will not spend my life. I will not give my life. I will not give up Ron Cooper for you, Lord. I want me... I want my life. I want the comfort. I want to live in this world, and I'm not choosing to be separated. Is that what we are going to have as our legacy? Is that what's going to happen when we go to Christ and we stand before him at the judgment seat? And he says, well, you know, you lived an average life. I gave you a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego message, and you laughed at it. You looked at it, and you said, well, that wasn't that great. You looked at it and said, well, I don't want to go there. That's for somebody else. That's for Sylvia, Adel, Bill, Mike. That's, that's their life. You looked at it and you said, No, that's not for me. Is that what we want God to say to us when He looks us in the eye and say, says, To you and me, you and me. I gave you a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego message, and what did you do with it? I said, This is what I want from you, and what did you say to that? I called you and says, Who will go? And you said, I'm not putting up my hand. Send me, Lord. You said, no, don't send me. Do this. No, Lord, no, I don't want to do that. Separate your kids. No, no, Lord, I don't want to do that. I I want them to, to, no, they can't give up these friends. They have to have these associations. They have to play this stuff. They have to do this. I have to let them play these games. And I told you, no. I said, no, none of that. Not for the life I want you to live. Not for the world that I want you to change. Not for the character that I want to develop in you. It will not happen without this investment of you and separating from all unrighteousness. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's the life for me. Is it the life for you? Is it the life for you? You choose. But let me tell you, if you don't choose that kind of life, shame on you. Shame on you for what our God did for us. For the life that he paid for us and what he did for us. And the need that's around is so great. And the lives that need to be touched is so immense. And the work that needs to be done is so deep. Shame on us when we say, no. I want me, my life. Shame on us. Let's pray. And those here today that are in a fire, and I'm going to say something, those that are in a fire today that that know him, you have an opportunity to say, what's stopping me from really walking is some sin in my life, some problem in my life, something that I haven't confessed. I'd like you today, right now, to make amends for that and tell the Lord, I choose not to hold on to that any longer because I want a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego life and I'm asking you in your seat right now to confess it before the Lord and to repent and to turn away because you want a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego life and those that love the Lord with all your heart and you're living faithfully, God bless you keep going he's in the fire with you and he'll take you out of the fire when it's time Praise God that he's holding your hand. I want to encourage you today, you faithful generals of the cross. And anyone here today who doesn't know him, who's in a fire and wants to be rescued, God says, I have a rescue mission at at hand, and I can take you out of the fire. If you're willing to give your life to me and allow me to change your life and give you a new life. If you'd like me to pray for you this morning, I can pray for you. But are you willing to... To say to him, Lord, I want you in my life. If you just put your hand up, nobody's watching. Eyes are closed. Just put your hand up and down. I can pray for you. Amen. Anybody else? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego life. A life of victory. A life of joy. A life of peace. A life of satisfaction. Put your hand up and I'll pray for you. And he touched you today. He talked to you. He told you, I want to take you out of the suffering. I want to relieve your pain. Just put your hand up and down. That's it. Easy. Decision, a decision for Christ, a decision for a new life, a decision to be freed from your sin and your pain and your suffering. One chance, one last chance, hand up and down. Anyone else? See it. Anybody else? Chance, that's all. Do you want that? Do you want that life? Do you want to be free from your sin and your suffering and the pain? Just put your hand up and down. Lord, we thank you so much and we praise you, Lord, that you have been with us and we just, we don't know, we don't deserve it, Lord. We don't deserve any of your love and what you've done for us and, and how you've changed our lives and what you do in our lives, but we thank you. And a special prayer of thanksgiving, Lord, to you for all those men and women of God who are so faithful and those who are struggling, Lord, who haven't been willing to live that life, Lord, I pray that today you talk to them and that they made a commitment that today, Lord, to give their lives fully to you. And those hands that are raised, Lord, we pray that you would now enter their lives and touch their lives and change them and give them the life of joy and peace and happiness because of you. And we leave it all in your hands and love you for what you are doing in each one of our lives in your name. Amen.